I want to welcome you to week one of a brand new series that we're kicking off today called Wisdom for Life. We're going to be studying the book of Proverbs. So if you have your Bible, would you open it up? Proverbs chapter one. It's in the Old Testament. Use your table of contents if you need it, or if you have your app, go ahead and open it up. While you're turn, turning there, uh, being a dad, one of my favorite things in the world is the wisdom of kids. You know what I'm talking about? Kids have this like kid wisdom. And I was thinking of just some examples. Victoria, age seven, was trying to convince her parents to give her a big, huge bowl of ice cream. And she said, you know, uh, ice cream is made of milk. And mom, you said that milk can give me strong bones. You do want me to have strong bones, don't you? Give that girl some ice cream. <laughs> you know, like, we give us all some ice cream. You can't argue with that. It's going to give you strong bones. Eat as much ice cream as you want. It's yours. That's the wisdom of kids. Another mom was trying to explain to her six-year-old son, David, uh, that when she was a kid, she didn't uh, play games on an iPad. She said, well, when I was a little girl, they, we didn't have iPads. We didn't even have the internet. Well, David's eyes got really big, and he paused for a moment, and then he said, did they have toilets back then, mom? <laughs> Those were dark days, right? No iPads, no internet, to no toilets, apparently. Oh, the wisdom of kids. We'll do one more. Ben, age five, saw his Aunt Ashley, uh, her pregnant belly, and he said, you must eat a lot of cake, Aunt Ashley. Please never say that to a woman. Um, fortunately, Aunt Ashley was very gracious, and she said, that's not cake in there, Ben. That's a baby. Well, Ben got a really worried look on his face, and he said, Aunt Ashley, you ate a baby? I love that kids have their own perspective on life. But with all that we go through today and the many challenges that we face, we need more than the wisdom of kids. As much as I love the wisdom of kids, we really need God's wisdom for life. According to researchers, you and I make an average of 35,000 decisions a day. Wow, that's a lot of decisions, right? 35,000 decisions a day. We're making decisions all day long, uh, starting with, uh, do I hit the snooze button on the alarm clock to uh, little decisions like uh, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Or today you made a decision to come to church. We make even bigger, you know, big decisions in our lives sometimes about uh, our money or how we parent our children or who we're going to marry or just the words that we choose and the impact those are going to have on other people around us. I like this quote from Ken Levine. He said, we all make choices... But in the end, our choices make us. Isn't that really true? We all make choices, but in the end, our choices make us. How do we avoid bad decisions and make good decisions that will lead us to success and happiness? The answer is wisdom. And God has given us a book in the Bible that's full of wisdom. It's the book of Proverbs. And it's one of the most amazing places we can go to get direction and guidance for our lives. Proverbs is God's wisdom book. It's one of the most practical books in the entire Bible. And wisdom is just skill in life. And so we want this wisdom. And we want to grow in wisdom. And today I'll introduce you to the book of Proverbs. Uh, you'll see for yourself why uh, God's wisdom is so worthy to pursue and to seek and then We'll get you started on your journey so you can gain God's wisdom for life. It's the start of a new series. 
So let's get to it. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. Here are the opening words from the book of Proverbs. Listen to this. Proverbs 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understandings of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's the word of the Lord. Let's take a moment and pray. We'll dive in. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you brought us here today. God, thank you uh, that we chose to be here today. We want to uh, gain your wisdom for our life. And there are many uh, things that we're facing. And in these moments, we realize that if we'll come and we'll hear from you and trust you, God, that you'll give us the guidance we need. So speak to us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's introduce the book of Proverbs. Uh, we find the main title for the book of Proverbs uh, right there in verse 1. And this is what it tells us. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So first of all, this is a book of Proverbs. What's a proverb? Proverbs are like these short statements that uh, give us a truth or offer us some wisdom, something like that. Uh, every culture around the world has their own proverbs. We have proverbs here. And I wanted to see if you could help me complete some of these popular American proverbs. Uh, how about this one? I'm, go ahead and shout it out. No pain, no. Pain. Good. Uh, many hands make. Yeah, we say, actually say that a lot here at Oak, so I put that one in. Honesty is the. Yes, it is. Strike wall the. Good. There's more than one way to. Okay, how do you guys know that? You've been skinning cats. A little bit disturbing when you think about it. All right, well, we're going to be looking at Proverbs in the Bible. And here's the definition of a proverb. Biblical Proverbs are short sayings that express general truths and offer wisdom for practical godly living. Proverbs are, first of all, short. They're abbreviated. They express general truths. So you're going to get short principles for life, not necessarily promises. I'll give you an example here. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. Does that mean if you raise a child uh, in a Christian home that they automatically grow up and become a Christian? No, that's not what it means, right? Because what Proverbs is getting us, they're giving us a short principle, right? A short general truth. There, it, it, there may be more to say about that topic. Um, for example, and, and to find that, you could look at other Proverbs or other teachings of Scripture. But earlier on in the book of Proverbs, there's a, this father giving his son advice. And he says, do not depart from my teaching. So that should tell us, even in the book of Proverbs, it recognizes that children can depart from their parents' teaching. But do not miss the powerful truth of train up a child. God has given parents a primary influence in the lives of their children and passing on the faith to the next generation. There's a lot of wisdom in this book for every one of us in all different aspects of our lives. 
So Proverbs are short sayings of general truths. Uh, for what? For wisdom. For practical godly living. I think one of the coolest things about the Bible that it has a wisdom book in it. It's relevant for our life. We can take these principles and apply them. We'll look at some of these practical topics covered in the book of Proverbs here. Faith, character, money, relationships, marriage, sexuality, parenting, personal discipline, decision-making, emotional intelligence, effective communication, and much, much more. Proverbs has a lot to say about, especially about our faith, about the words that we choose, our emotions. Steve is going to talk about emotional intelligence next week, our relationships. There's a lot in here, and over the next few weeks, we're going to cover some of these topics and just see what kind of wisdom we can glean from this book. Well, who wrote Proverbs? Let's look at this title again. Who wrote Proverbs? Got it, right? King Solomon is the renowned king of Israel. He's the son of the great King David. But you'll also notice, if you're paying attention when you read the book of Proverbs, that other authors are mentioned and other collections are mentioned. So you can see that in an outline of the book of Proverbs, which I put up here. Um, this comes from actual headings within the book of Proverbs. So it begins with the prologue. That's Proverbs chapters 1 through 9, and you get these uh, sort of uh, Solomonic lectures. Beginning in chapter 10, it says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon. So he gets pride of place, King Solomon. Chapter 10, 1, verses 22, 16. Now we have the sayings of the wise. So Solomon didn't write these. He could have been the collector of these. Uh, but we have a whole section of sayings of the wise. And then they're like, oh, and now here are further sayings of the wise. That's uh, 24, 23 through 34. Then I like this, more Proverbs of Solomon compiled by Hezekiah. Hezekiah lived 300 years after King Solomon. So isn't that interesting, Hezekiah? Isn't he, is he the one? No, he's not the one that found the book of the law. That was Josiah, right? But Hezekiah says these Proverbs were co compiled by the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah. There's a whole section of those that Hezekiah and his men compiled. Then you have sayings of Agur, son of Jacob. Don't know who that is. He's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible or archaeology or anything like that. But, um, you know, we've got some of his sayings. Sayings of King Lemuel, and then this wife of noble character to round it out, which we actually talked about on Mother's Day. But I, I hope you'll see here as you look at this outline, Proverbs is really a collection of collections. And... Um, with King Solomon himself as its leading collector and compiler. That should have all of us sort of leaning in and wanting more because remember who King Solomon is. And when Solomon became king, 1 Kings chapter 3 tells us that God appears to Solomon in a dream. God says to Solomon, ask whatever you want, I'll give it to you. I mean, imagine what you would ask God for. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. A new car, like, you know, like, what do, what do we need? Well, Solomon didn't ask for money, riches, uh, success, victory over his enemies, any of those things. He asked God for wisdom. God, would you give me wisdom? God loved that request so much. God granted it to King Solomon. We read in 1 Kings chapter 4, the next chapter, that Solomon became wise. 
It tells us that King Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs. It's a lot of proverbs. Man had a lot of wisdom in his, in his mind. And, and more than that, um, he gained a reputation for being the wisest person on planet Earth. People came from all over the world just to hear Solomon's wisdom. And you think about this. All the wisdom that God gave King Solomon is right here in this book, the book of Proverbs. That's pretty awesome. We can read that. We can grow in our wisdom. Um, moreover, we too can come to God in prayer and ask God for wisdom. God loves to answer that prayer. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And it says, ask in faith. Ask trusting and believing that God will give you this wisdom. Is there an area of your life today where you need wisdom? Maybe it's navigating a relationship or you have a hard conversation that you need to have. Maybe it's just being a mom or a dad or a parent. Maybe you need wisdom in the workplace. Ask God. Because it tells us right here that God loves to give wisdom to those who ask. So by way of introduction, wisdom is here in the book of Proverbs. Number two, Proverbs motivates us to get wisdom. Get wisdom. We're going to be motivated in this series to grow in wisdom and to get wisdom. I think we can all look back on our lives and think about sometimes we made a decision without wisdom. You ever do that? Uh, how did that turn out? I remember when uh, one year around 4th of July, I was a, a little kid, five years old. I was out playing all by myself. No one was with me. I have no idea what I was doing. But I noticed a smoking stick on the front sidewalk. And I instantly knew what that was. I'd seen my dad smoke cigarettes many times. I thought, I know exactly what to do with this. I could just pick it up, put it in my mouth, just like my dad. All God's people said, that's a bad, bad, very bad idea. I wish you would have been there because when I picked it up, it wasn't a cigarette, it was a firework. And as soon as it touched my lips, it exploded in my mouth. My mom took me to the hospital. I'm lucky to have my hearing. Um, I did end up with some nice, luscious Angelina Jolie lips. You know, I still got a little bit of puff in my lips. So uh, my wife has benefited from that in the many times. Um, praise God. I discovered, though, at a very young age that when we make decisions without wisdom, it tends to blow up in our face. And we all make decisions without wisdom. Just look at the evidence. We uh, eat more than we should. We buy things we can't afford. We say things we later regret. We procrastinate on projects till it's the very last minute. We don't read or pray or study our Bible as much as we would like. Proverbs can help every one of us because Proverbs wants to motivate us, to get us excited about wisdom. I like this uh, Verse here, uh, as it, Proverbs opens up first with the title. These are Proverbs from Solomon, collected and compiled and authored. Then it states here the purpose of the book. Why did God give us the book of Proverbs? Here it is. Listen to this. It's, it's motivating. Verse 2. Purpose of Proverbs is for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple. Knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance. 
for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Like, that is a mouthful. <laughs> what is this saying? First of all, it's saying the wisdom that God wants to give us is so much more than information or head knowledge. This is going to be something that we live out. It's transformational knowledge. But I also like how right here in this purpose statement, it starts to, uh, there are words, overlapping words. And, and I'll just, let me read some of these. Wisdom, instruction, understanding, insight, prudence, knowledge, learning, discretion, discerning, guidance, doing what is right, just, and fair. You're getting life skills. It feels to me like you've got that big bowl of ice cream and you just get to pile on all the toppings you want. You know, strawberries, raspberries, chocolate chips, mochi. I said it. I don't know if you ever had some froyo in your life with some mochi. You got to do that. Chocolate sauce, whipped cream, sprinkles, jimmies, whatever you're going to call them, and a cherry on top. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Come and get wisdom to the full. That's what this is saying. And who's invited? Who's going to benefit from reading this book? Well, what does it say? First of all, young people. That's pretty cool. Verse 4 mentions knowledge and discretion to the young. I'm ex pretty excited here this morning to share with you if you're a young person, middle school or high school, early college, something like that, this book is written for you. It is written for the young and the simple. The Hebrew word is petite. It is, it's describing somebody who, who's uh, immature. They don't have all the experience in life, but they're in a place of huge potential. And if they'll learn and grow and bring that curiosity to the book of Proverbs, then wisdom will give them success. They'll make good choices. You will reach your potential, young person. This is written for you. Proverbs is written for the young. Who else is invited to come and study the book of Proverbs? Do you see it there? Ah, do you see it? The wise. The wise. So you've got the young you got the wise, you got everybody in between. I think this is pretty amazing, isn't it? Proverbs not only addresses the young reader, but the wise person is invited to come too and to read the book of Proverbs. So maybe you're here today and you've lived through some things. You've had, you know, you've got experience in life. You've got some degrees, whatever it is. You've raised kids or grandkids, whatever. You too can grow in wisdom by reading the book of Proverbs, it's written for you. It's written for every one of us. And I love this verse, Proverbs 4, 7, because it, it gives us this motivation here. The beginning of wisdom is this, Proverbs 4, 7 says. Get wisdom. I like that. Because it's saying you want wisdom? Go out and get it. The, you want wisdom? Get it, get it, get it, get wisdom. Like the beginning of anything is to want it. I want this wisdom. Uh, when I was in high school, I, I began playing tennis. How did I begin playing tennis? I signed up. I went out and I got it. It's the same thing with wisdom. You want wisdom? Go out and get it. Get wisdom, this verse says. And some of you are young. Right? And you go out, you get wisdom. You're not going to make the same mistakes that all your friends are going to make. Praise God. And maybe you're here today, you're a little bit older, you're thinking, yeah, this is my retirement. Uh-uh, this is your refirement. Come on and get wisdom. Amen? 
Proverbs motivates us to get wisdom. You want to be wise. You want wisdom. Go out and get it. Search for it. Seek it. But then where does our journey begin? How do we get started? According to Proverbs, I love this. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. So here's the starting point. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And we now come to the theme verse of the book of Proverbs. We come to this single defining statement for everything else we'll read and study in this book. It's all about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. See, we can build our life with all the things that Proverbs promises, that you know, uh, success, money, uh, good relationships, happiness. We can have all those things. But if we neglect the foundation the fear of the Lord, we're actually building our lives in a way that is not wise. It's unwise. Listen to what Proverbs tell us. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Our journey to a life of wisdom, according to this passage, begins with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the foundation. It's the starting point for a life of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is something really important for every one of us to understand. What is the fear of the Lord? Throughout scripture, the fear of the Lord is, is this humility and awe before the presence of God. It is, it's to truly see God for who he is with all of his awesomeness and power. He's a holy, holy, holy God. For example, when God appeared to Jacob, I think it's starting to rain. You guys hear that? Like crazy. Trying to stay focused here. Sorry. Fear the Lord. Thank you, God. These are some amazing verses of people who saw God for who he is. When God appeared to Jacob, it says he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Literally, how fearful is this place? Genesis 28, 17. When Moses and the Israelites saw God at Mount Sinai, when God is giving his Ten Commandments, it describes that their fear, saying, all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. The people were afraid and trembled. They feared the Lord. One day, Jesus and the disciples were out on the Sea of Galilee. They were crossing the lake. A terrible storm came up. And all the disciples thought they were going to die. They thought they were going to get tossed in the lake and drowned. And then Jesus stands up. He says, peace be still. The storm is calmed. And there's a verse that describes how the disciples feel when they see the awesome power of Jesus. It says, they were filled with what? Great fear. And said to one another, who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. The fear of the Lord is a recognition that our God is an awesome God. He is a glorious God. There is no no God like our God. But a fear of the Lord is not like any other fear. Not like a fear of clowns or a fear of spiders or tight spaces or whatever fear that might be. Because when we see God for who he is, we're instantly struck by two things. His godness, number one, and his goodness, number two. He is God, 
and he is good. Both of those are true. I, I love uh, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. And it's, uh, in the story, C.S. Lewis pictures God as this great lion named Aslan. And in one of the books, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver are talking to the children about Aslan. Who is Aslan? What is Aslan like? And uh, they say to the children, Aslan is a lion. The lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I should feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Here's the quote. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. It's our God. He's not safe. But he's good. He's a great God. And he loves us very much. We see this in the cross. We see all of God's godness in the cross. And we've sinned against a holy God. He will not leave sin unpunished. But we also see his goodness in the cross. That Jesus himself came. He bore the punishment for our sin by dying on the cross, rising from the dead, ascending into glory. He is King of kings, Lord of lords. And coming to Christ, sin is forgiven now. We're, through Jesus, we're now reconciled to God. We stand eternally in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That he is God and he is good. And I invite you today to begin to grow from this foundation. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It can be our theme for this series. We also read in Proverbs 9.10, Echoes, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And God invites you today into all of His godness and all of His goodness. See, fearing the Lord is just another way of describing faith. It's a sense of awe at the greatness of God. It's a sense of wonder at the redeeming grace of God. And we're so in awe of all His greatness and goodness and glory that the fear of the Lord becomes the controlling principle of our life in every single category. Not just one area of our life, but the, the fear of the Lord doesn't just control our religious life or our church life. But when we're at school with our friends, when we're raising our kids, when we're at the workplace, we're driven by something different. Right? Our life is defined in every aspect by a fear and a faith and a love for the Lord in the shadow of the fear of the Lord. And if you've never done it before, I want to invite you right now to come to Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to receive that free gift of salvation and a new life in Him. He loves us. He invites us to this glorious life of all of His godness and all of His goodness. And you can begin a life of wisdom. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. There might be uh, one objection to this. Some might say, well, you can know a lot of things, whether you believe in God or not. And I would admit that is true. Uh, you can understand more about uh, the universe through science, or you can uh, understand more about 
the human person through psychology and things like that. But I truly believe that when it comes to the foundational questions of our lives, and the most important issues, that the fear of the Lord really is the beginning of wisdom. You think about what it means to fear the Lord, and for those who believe in God, we know where we came from. We recognize that everything that exists and all of these you know, great expanses of galaxies and the beauty of, of human life and all that, this, all this did not come from nothing. But if there is a creation, there is a creator. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There's few things more foundational than understanding where life itself came from. As men and women who fear the Lord, we know there exists right and wrong, good and evil. As, as people who believe in God, we know there are absolute moral absolutes. Now, if you don't believe in God, it doesn't mean you're not a good person per se or successful or anything like that. But without God, there are no moral absolutes. It's all a matter of personal preference. It comes down to opinion because there's no standard beyond us. There's no uh, higher transcendent standard of righteousness, justice, and equality. There's no difference between Mother Teresa and Adolf Hitler because when you die, all the pieces go back in the box anyways. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in all the foundational questions. See, as a believer in God, you know why you're here. You know why you're alive. God has given you a purpose for your life. And it's to glorify and worship God in every single aspect. You know where your help comes from. It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. And you know where you're going when you die. The fear of the Lord is the start of every first principle, a foundational truth of every aspect, important aspect of our life. It's the beginning of wisdom. And as we embark today on this journey through the book of Proverbs... I want to invite you man, to, to gain wisdom, to grow in wisdom. And Proverbs is going to be God's wisdom book. We're going to learn how to live wisely and successfully in the fear of the Lord. But I'm excited to tell you, you don't have to wait till next week to study the Proverbs. And my challenge for you today is go home this week, read some Proverbs. Uh, there's, what, 31 Proverbs? Most months, there's 31 days. So... Hey, I like this. Whatever the day is that you're, you know, God puts it on your heart to read the Proverbs. How about you just read that chapter? I don't know, what's today? The ninth or something like that? So tomorrow's, what is it? Tenth? Today's the ninth. Tomorrow's the tenth. Okay. So we'll get our, we'll get our dates straight. Chapter 10, that starts the Proverbs of Solomon right there. So tomorrow morning, start in chapter 10. Let's just begin to grow in wisdom. See what God has to show you. God has wisdom in this book for you. So let's get it, let's live it, and let's live in the fear of the Lord. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you came to us. You rescued us by dying on a cross. And you've given us an amazing new life in you. Where we get to come and in these moments... We get to sing how awesome you are. And yet, there is fear, but there's absolutely no fear. Because we know we're loved by you. We know that you've forgiven all of our sin. You've cast it into the depths of the sea. That we stand right now holy and blameless in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It, is, it leaves us in awe. So we end this time 
loving, praising, worshiping you for who you are. We're going to sing Yahweh. That's your covenant name, your faithful name. When you revealed yourself to us as the Lord, as Yahweh, you said, I am who I am. Holy, holy God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for inviting us into this life that's so tremendous, so wonderful. It is an adventure. And we pray that you would give us the wisdom we need for the challenges that we face. Give us wisdom as parents. Give us wisdom for conversations we need to have. Give us wisdom, God, to love and serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We confess our love for you today. We love you, God. We glory in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.